Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. A lot of times they didn't have life jackets for their kids and they didn't want to go and buy one just for maybe this one afternoon going on the boat. The Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue saw this happening throughout British Columbia and said, hey, why don't we just do this little system where we put on a sign and people can borrow on the honor system Boral life jackets for their little kids. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. And we've seen it before where, you know, a six-year-old child will be wearing an out life jacket just because that's all they had. Well, if they're thrown out of a boat, it doesn't always work because they slide right through it. And, you know, the life jacket's floating, but the children slip through it. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. For this episode, I'm back in Sycamus, British Columbia. And as you might recall, we have done a previous episode here, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's all about the Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue. Now, this time around, as I said, I'm back in Sycamus, back at the wonderful Shushwap Lake system. And in fact, I have with me a returning guest. He's one of the people that we talked to in that previous episode about the Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue. This is Pat Gow. He's the deputy station leader. And the reason I'm back in Sycamus is because, of course, it's summer here in Canada. And here in Western Canada and elsewhere in the country, this means a lot of boating goes on, a lot of water sports and that sort of thing. So, This is one of the episodes that I'm hoping that you might be able to use as inspiration for a safety moment within your organization, something that you could either talk to your your own people about, or in fact, if you just want to play this episode, I think it would be very educational. So Pat, we want to talk about water safety. What really inspired me to want to talk about this is that you were showing me around the dock area yesterday, and I noticed this project that your organization has been working on that you're very proud of. It's called Kids Don't Float. Tell me about Kids Don't Float. Yeah, great, Marvin. It's a project that we started two years ago, and it just started out very small that we were going to put on our local launch ramp where we have a 4 by 8 sign that it's a PFD loaner station for kids. And of course, PFD means personal flotation device. Yeah, correct. Life jackets for small kids. And where quite often we found when people would come out to our, our uh, lake system, and it's very transient in the summertime, and people would all of a sudden impromptu have an opportunity to go on a friend's boat. So they might have three, four, five-year-old children, and they don't always, you know, have life jackets that they travel with. They would just go on a, a houseboat or a pleasure boat, and a lot of times they didn't have life jackets for their kids. And they didn't want to go and buy one just for maybe this one afternoon going on the boat. The Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue saw this happening throughout British Columbia and said, hey, why don't we just do this little system where we put on a sign and people can borrow on the honor system, borrow life jackets for their little kids. So that evolved from one thing to another where we have it throughout BC now under the Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue uh, brand 
where we allow people to just borrow on the honor system a life jacket for the day or for the week, and then they return it when they're done with it. Okay, so the issue is that although people really should and do have personal flotation devices on their pleasure craft, they don't always have the right sizes. Is that correct? They normally have enough for adults. But for little children, there's usually three different sizes that we, a small, medium, and large for different size children. And they don't always have that available. And kids grow up like one year they take a small, next year they're in a medium. So, and it's very important that children have the right size that fit them. Because otherwise they end up slipping right through it if they're too big. And we've seen it before where, you know, a six-year-old child will be wearing an adult life jacket just because that's all they had. Well, if they're thrown out of a boat, it doesn't always work because they slide right through it. And, you know, the life jacket's floating, but the children slip through it. So that's just something that, you know, is a bit of an issue out there for sure. Now, I suspect this would apply to adults as well, because there's not only the issue of the size of the life jacket, but aren't they rated for weight as well? Yeah, that's correct. And there's different sizes. So it really is important that the people are wearing the right size for their weight. Again, it doesn't take much, especially right now we're talking, Marvin, and it's May, the end of May in in Shushwap, where we have a situation for about a month of the year where we have a lot of debris that's coming down the rivers. We have logs floating out there. And so as you travel up the lake, you're watching out for a lot of these logs. And Boats have to turn very sharp, very fast in order to miss a log, and they just see it the last second. So what happens is that, you know, and you don't know it's coming, but the driver just instinctively turns the boat at high speed, very sharp, and people can fly out of a boat that easy. So, of course, everybody should be wearing a life jacket. Yeah, correct, and it goes without saying that you can't think about grabbing the life jacket when the boat's overturned you know, it's too late then. So absolutely. When we're out in our rescue boat, we always have our life jackets on all the time. Now, because of the work that your volunteer organization does, I guess you see a lot of things out on the lake and you probably hear a lot of things too. And you hear some people saying, well, I'm a good swimmer. I don't really need a life jacket. What's your response to that? Well, you know, coincidentally enough, two days ago, we had a call. uh, We had a storm come through our system here And the call looked like this. We had three 19-year-old guys in a boat in a canoe we were heard, but it ended up being a small dinghy. And they were just floating around out near, near an island on the lake. And we had a storm come through and you could see it moving across the lake. So they probably had three minutes to actually find their way to shore. And it was too late. They ended up getting pushed up to an island. And so our rescue boat... It took them two hours to get to them, and because now we're in the middle of the storm, they're in six and eight foot waves, and it happened very fast, and oh, by the way, part of the call came in saying there was one life jacket between the three of them. So, you know, if the boat overturned, it still wouldn't have been enough. Now, in this case, they were fortunate that they were close enough to shore and that the winds actually pushed them into shore. But most lakes are really quite large, and if your vessel overturns, there aren't a lot of people who can swim that kind of distance or even tread water for two hours, you know, long enough for a rescue boat to come and find them. Well, no, that's right. In fact, in this case, they were very fortunate that they were able to get into the shore this fast 
because they were about, you know, literally could be five minutes away from being in the middle of the storm and being pushed down the lake 15 miles and they would have no choice. And it would have been hard for the rescue boat to even find them because our boat had to slow down from 25 knots down to 14 knots to pound through some of these waves to get there. And you can't always see people. So they were very fortunate because they it would be tough to tread water for that length of time and to try to swim to shore. And you got chaos going on. You have one life jacket. So now they're they're scrambling, they're panicking. So even the strongest swimmers would have difficulty surviving that situation. Is that correct? Absolutely. In fact, even if it was in the summertime, but we're talking May, the water's temperature is 59 degrees. You got hypothermia setting in very quickly. So it's just a matter of time before, you know, someone's going down, which it's, it's, and people don't think about when those three guys went out just for a little paddle in their boat, you know, they, oh, they threw in one life jacket. Well, things happened that fast. They were very sheepishly, gratefully thanking us that we got out there. But it was just a dumb decision at a dumb moment in time to say, you know, let's find another three life jackets or two life jackets and and then let's go and take a little paddle. Absolutely. Now, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is water currents, because, you know, as we were observing the water currents in the channel here, there's a channel between Mara Lake and the Shushwap Lake system. And we were watching the current go through this channel, which was really quite significant. And of course, there's the Eagle River that empties into the Shushwap Lake system as well in this time of year, but you know, also other times of year. There's, there's a pretty significant current there. And what do you have to say to our listeners about keeping safe in a water current situation, whether it's this sort of situation or, or maybe tides, because I know that you spend a lot of time out on the coast as well. It's very important if you come to a new system to be aware of these currents, where the water is going, and to be prepared on the water when you go there. Because water currents, you know, they act differently in different sections around pillars, around, you know, it might not look like there's a current because the water's calm. But if you, you know, just jump in and go for a quick swim, it's taking you down. And it's hard to swim against eight, not like eight mile an hour currents where you can you might be able to get inshore you might not be able to so it's something that you get tired out really quickly and so you have to be really observant and conscious of that well said now i I want to go back to the kids don't float thing i'm guessing that as you walk up to the stations where the personal flotation devices are distributed you're really happy to see that some of them aren't hanging there that this means that people are actually making use of them correct in fact you know we because this was new to us last year where we had, you know, we installed one or two um, around the system. But then we found out that other launch ramps and communities around the lake had heard about this. And they called and wanted a way to get one. So next thing you know, we've got requests to build another 12 of these Kids Don't Float programs around the shoe swap. You know, we start out with about eight life jackets on each on each uh, sign and we noticed last year that we would only see one or two hanging out there and we didn't know if people were taking them because it's on the honor system but there was always one or two and they would be changing but when the summer was over 
and everyone was finished boating, we would end up with about 20 life jackets on each station, which means that some people said, oh, wow, what a great system. I've got two, you know, new life jackets hanging up in our, in our garage that we don't use anymore. The kids are growing up. So they would just donate it. So it actually has worked out differently than w- what we thought might happen, meaning that some of our life jackets might just end up at someone's home, but not the case. People are actually um, really you know, stepping up to the plate and being part of it. Well, that's really great to hear that the honor system is alive and well. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Pat. And thank you for hosting me here and telling me all about the great things that your organization does, the Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue. Sounds great, Marvin. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.